everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Reporting for duty. How's it going, Randy? It's going all right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm sitting here uh, admiring my my uh, Starship Enterprise models. Hmm. I have had, uh, let's see, I've got three so far. I've got the uh, NX-01, the D, and the J. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The NX-01, you say, eh? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if anyone else remembers uh, Enterprise. Yeah, I don't think anyone would ever <laughs> think about that show ever again. Oh, well, hopefully some people listen to our, <laughs> listen to our episodes, because we made it all the way through. Yeah. Including uh, including some episodes we may talk about, or an episode we may refer to again tonight. Yeah, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, Season 1, Episode 14, The War Without, The War Within. Hmm, I wonder what that means. So not an Enterprise episode. We're talking about Discovery now. <laughs> no, no, we, we've moved on. <laughs> you might have heard there's a new Star Trek series. It's yeah. called Discovery. It turns out it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, episode begins, and uh, Saru is the captain now, and he sees Mirror Giorgio, and he confines her to quarters. Uh, Saru brings Michael up to speed and tells her that Vok was excised from Tyler's mind. Uh, Michael doesn't want to see Tyler. Uh, we learn that Tyler has Vok's memories, and he remembers the operation that made him appear human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's suddenly become a very intriguing character. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of was all along, um, but especially now. Yeah, he's not uh, so one-dimensional. Uh, right. Vok was a little one-dimensional. Right. Uh, and Saru grants Tyler probationary freedom on Discovery. Mm-hmm. So he's... he's um, I wonder if that's a little bit of the Saru experience with Michael. The The whole, you've done something terrible, but no one's irredeemable right kind of idea but man he sure uh turned around quickly on on uh ash right yeah <laughs> uh on the bridge admiral cornwell Sarek, and a group of aliens including a tellerite and an endorian uh beam mm-hmm. aboard and take control of discovery they're looking for Lorca. yeah i mean who wouldn't be but, but- uh, yeah, Lorca's not, not there. find him. Yeah. No. So uh, then it's opening credits. And when the episode comes back, uh, Admiral Cornwell is brought up to speed about Mirror Lorca. Um, she tells Saru and Michael that the Mirror Discovery was destroyed by Klingons nine months ago. So, mm-hmm. phew, didn't have to worry about that one. Yeah, that could have been a, a little bit of an awkward situation, right? Uh Cornwall assumes that Prime Lorca is dead in the Mirror Universe. Although them bringing this up leads me to believe he's not dead. Yeah, it, it could get very interesting. So again, a reason or a way to have Jason Isaacs return. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'll have an eye patch this time? Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> he's like Big Boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's grizzled, has a beard, and smokes cigars. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I guess it was all a lie from Mirror Lorca, right? That he was the only survivor in the Prime Universe, right? Yeah. Well, how poetic would it be if he was the only survivor in the Mirror Universe as yeah, well? It's possible. <laughs> um, 
So without Discovery and its spore drive, the Klingons have had many victories against the Federation, uh, though there's no pattern to their attacks because there's no one leader anymore. No, uh, there are 24 different factions. Yep, and they're all fighting for supremacy uh, mm-hmm. by saying which house can destroy more of the Federation than the rest. So right. good times. Great. Uh, uh, so this group decides to keep information about the mirror universe locked down so that mm-hmm. people don't try to access that universe mm-hmm. um, which makes sense right and and you know at this point it was kind of when you know i was i was thinking through it and i was thinking wait is is this why uh we have never heard about the discovery in its spore drive before but then i talked myself out of it and realized no we they're just locking down information about the mirror universe not yep. the spore drive mm-hmm uh stamets tells them that they have no more spores uh so discovery has to warp through klingon territory to get to starbase one mm-hmm. uh and yeah and i was gonna say it's supposed to be a, a treacherous journey but um they never really get back to that yeah <laughs> it, it seems to be smooth sailing after all yeah they get to starbase one without met any problems um so emperor giorgio is stuck in the prime universe they have no way of getting her back to the mirror universe Mm -hmm. the crew on the discovery they don't know how to deal with tyler uh but tilly eats with him in the mess hall which gets Mm -hmm. more people to uh join him yeah that tilly yeah she's great nice what a nice tilly (laughs) although i do miss killy yeah, I mean, Killy was pretty awesome. But, you know, it's good to know that Tilly has Killy, you know, in there. If the, the situation should arise, that she needs to bring her out. Uh, yeah, so like we said, uh, they arrive at Starbase 1 without any problems. But then they mm-hmm. see that Klingons have occupied the Starbase. Mm-hmm. So that's bad news. They... Yeah, it has a big symbol painted on it and everything in case, in case uh, you couldn't tell. Yeah, then this is under Klingon control. They just book it. They get out of there. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. So, how do you think that went down? The Klingons are just floating in space, painting the symbol on the side. Yeah, you know, I didn't uh, didn't think about that. It's not it's not as cool as kind of like the little drones that they sent out to uh, put new markings on the Discovery. Oh, and by the way, at the beginning of the episode, uh, I noted that uh, they were repainting the or the Discovery. Yeah. They were removing the ISS and changing it back to the USS. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice touch. Uh, Cornwell has a chat with Laurel about how the war ends. And Laurel tells her the the Klingons will never stop until they are conquered. Mm-hmm. So uh, they got to seek some advice from a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who would know something uh, about conquering the, the Klingons, huh? Oh, it just so happens they have the Emperor from the Mirror Universe. Uh, yeah, who's done just that before. How convenient. Uh, Michael asks Giorgio how to conquer the Klingons, and then Michael goes to Cornwell, and then Cornwell has a meeting with the remaining Starfleet admirals about striking Kronos so hard that the Klingons have no choice but to return to their homeworld. Mm-hmm. Just do one so, yeah. massive strike against the Klingon homeworld. Just pull them. They'll they'll just pull all their forces back. Yep. Hmm. Could this be what maybe unites the Klingons? Hmm. We'll have to we'll, see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plan begins uh, with mapping Kronos from the inside out because the mm-hmm. cave systems on Kronos are huge. Apparently. So I'm, is this the war within? The war without? I don't. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. there's so many things I could mean. 
could mean Ash Tyler. There, there's a lot of wars going on. Mm-hmm. War True. never changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only problem is that they need spores so that they can warp in or they can, you know, teleport into the mm-hmm. uh, Kronos cave system. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stamets wants to go to a uh, uninhabited moon in the Vita system. Mm-hmm. And you mean the Genesis planet? <laughs> this part was really convenient. They terraform yeah. this moon, and it takes like ten minutes, and then they yeah. have all the spores they need. So what? Yeah, this has got to be the most out there thing that's happened. <laughs> and that's saying this a lot the, for this show. Even with all the twists and all the convenient, the, oh, we need we would be. We need to be able to conquer the Klingons. Oh, it just so happens we have a conqueror on board, you know. But yeah, them being able to do that, you know, I was speaking of the Genesis planet. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking back to, um, uh, I'm thinking back to, uh, the, the Wrath of Khan, you know, the first couple of Star Trek movies, you know, when it was, they, they created this device that can terraform a planet in, you know, no time. Yeah, it was and a I'm huge thinking, like, plot point. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, isn't this, basically that only like decades before well maybe i mean maybe it's not terraforming and making it you know a, a livable environment for humans but i mean it it did kind of grow you know ugh. i mean why were they if they if this was so easy why was stamets so concerned that all of the spores were dead yeah like if they could basically rectify it in 10 minutes then why were they so concerned and, and why oh. could they not grow more in their ship Right. Couldn't they just replicate this process on board the ship? You know, couldn't they warp away to a uninhabited moon in the mirror universe and do the same thing? I, oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was way too convenient. Yeah. I'm calling shenanigans on this one. I definitely raised an eyebrow when I saw that. <laughs> no, I'm picturing you Spock like crazy did eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Emperor Giorgio and Sarek talk about their respective Michaels mm-hmm. and, uh, Giorgio offers him a way to annihilate the Klingons in exchange for her freedom. Um, mm. after talking with Tilly, Michael, f- uh, finally chats with Tyler and, uh, Michael says that they're not going to work out right now. Uh, but you know, who knows <laughs> what will happen? Me. <laughs> who, who knows what will happen in the future? True. You tried to kill me. It's just not going to work. <laughs> uh, at least they talked. Yeah, they, you know, they have to have some sort of closure. And and it's hard for... I mean, they've done a good job of making it, you know, even hard for the viewer to totally trust him. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can kind of feel for Michael and what she's going through. But he's clearly very distraught. And he almost said, you know, I'm not... He's, he's kind of like, you know, I'm not Vok or Vok, but I'm also not Tyler. Like, he's like, I'm not... I'm a different person, you know, I'm a third person now. Mm -hmm. So it was very interesting. Again, I I think, I hope he remains part of the show. I think there's some really intriguing things they could do with that character. Um, So Admiral Cornwell tells the Discovery crew that the person leading this expedition to Kronos, the first expedition since Archer did so on the NX-01 a hundred years ago, 
Yep, on on the uh, the pilot for Enterprise, Broken yeah. Bow. Yeah, Captain Jonathan Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the person leading this expedition is none other than Captain Philippa Giorgio, who what? Cornwall says was rescued from a Klingon ship. And everyone's just cool with it. They're just like, yep, sure, we believe this. Uh, wait, but we heard she was dead, and wasn't, like, Michael court-martialed and sentenced to life in prison? No. For... No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the non-reaction from everyone is just kind of like, what? She's back. She's back, folks. She wasn't dead. But then again, I mean, you think about it, they've just been through this experience of going to the mirror universe. I mean, maybe they're kind of open to anything at this point. Yeah. But when they immediately suspect that she's from the mirror universe, then. Oh, right. If everyone has a double, <laughs> you wait, didn't, and they know that Georgia is the emperor. They right? don't know that she's the emperor. I thought that Saru locked it down. So that only the transporter right. chief would know. Right, right. I meant when maybe, you know, I can't quite remember everything because so much has happened. But when they were in the mirror universe, it doesn't. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. It's on board the, sh- uh, it's the Shenzo. On board the Shenzo. Yeah. Right. A it lot of people not... thought that she had appeared on Discovery, but she appeared in front of the Shenzo crew. Right, right. So really, yeah. Um, unless that word made it around that the emperor of the Terran Empire was Giorgio, then I guess it would have really really been a secret yeah okay i can see that but it still doesn't you know like you said it doesn't explain the lack of you know oh, wait a second isn't that just mirror, <laughs> mirror it's like wait a second we're just in a mirror universe <laughs> where there's another Giorgio, probably yeah well yeah and that was the end of the episode right that's the end of the episode yeah by the way your your new captain this always is the point at the end of pretty much every week's episode where I think about, okay, so is this now the way the show's going to move forward <laughs> into season two? Is it going to be the discover? You know, I, I think, you know, two, two episodes back, we were discussing, you know, well, is, are they going to keep, uh, are they going to keep Saru as captain of discovery? Is that kind of going to be the standard, you know? Oh, we've got our first, you know, alien captain, you know, that's, that's the big twist. Saru's, Saru's going to be the, you know, I guess, permanent captain of Discovery. And now we've got this, you know, oh no, it's Captain Giorgio. She's back. And now she's been put in command of the Discovery. Are we going to have to keep this charade up for, you know, is next season going to be, she's going to be the captain for the whole season? And I don't, is she going to become a good guy? You know, well, I don't think she's going to become a good guy, but also why are they so willing? I know it's desperate times, Calls for, mm-hmm. calls for desperate measures, so they're going to do anything they can to win against the Klingons. But mm-hmm. I mean, she's the emperor. Yeah, <laughs> like she's probably you... the most conniving, cunning. I mean, there's a reason she got to be emperor in the in the mirror universe. Yeah, right? so the, you have the mirror universe, which is full of evil versions of people. She's mm-hmm. the most evil. <laughs> Right. And then, you know, I mean, what's like, what's stopping her from basically saying, uh, you know, well, hey, you got to the mirror universe, to my universe once using this ship with its fully functional spore drive. Hey, wait, what? The spore drive is fully functional again? I'm just going to force, you know, uh, Stamets to take me there. Mm-hmm. You know, 
maybe, oh, maybe with a promise that she can, you know, get him back his, his love, you know, Dr. Yeah. Colbert. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll play upon Stamets's, you know, grief. Don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just hand this ship with its spore drive over to this evil yeah. emperor. Yeah. Between that and the and the uh, I mean, I like this episode. It's hard to match the previous three. But, um, you know, I. Between this choice and the rapid regeneration of the spores on the new Genesis planet or whatever it was, uh Definitely has me kind of scratching my chin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, raising, as you said, raising an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's made me, it's, it's, th- those are, there's a two, two, sorry, of the biggest uh, stretches so far. Yeah. I am curious where it goes. I saw the preview and it's mm-hmm. like Michael is the voice of Starfleet. She's saying, oh, we can't do these extreme things. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. And do we know, uh, you know, I haven't seen or heard anything about this, but whether or not this next episode will be, you know, a standard runtime or, you know, long. <laughs> I don't it'll know. actually be super short. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that one episode that was like 30 something minutes. Yeah. The shortest live action episode of Star Trek. So I guess, wow. Next time it all comes together, maybe? Question mark? Or is it going to have another twist for a cliffhanger, the season yeah. finale cliffhanger? I'm going to go with your idea. <laughs> <laughs> if there are ever going to be a Star Trek to have a twisty cliffhanger season finale, is uh, on the order of best of both worlds. Yeah, I was going to say, is Locutus going to show up? <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? Well, what if the Borg show up? <laughs> Anything's possible now, apparently. I mean, the Just Borg kidding. did show up in Enterprise. Yeah. So... But, uh, oh, what if Q shows up? <gasps> that would what be pretty. Q. That would be pretty. What great. if, right. What if they introduce a Q? But I guess apparently, you know, well, I mean, they're rewriting stuff left and right all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? But there was never a Q on Enterprise. True. But, I mean, I would be really interested to see something that kind of ties something like this mycelial network into beings like the Q. Yeah. Maybe they just have control over the mycelial network. Yeah. What if Stamets is the first of the Q continuum? That'd be crazy. Okay. I think we've gone a little too far with our fan theories. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be confused to being salty, grumpy fanboys if, if they don't pan out. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to speculate. Sure, sure. But, oh. okay, so I think that's our newest one, is that uh, Stamets is the prototype Q. All right. All right, folks. Lock it in. here first and last. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about Will You Take My Hand? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. See ya. See ya.